I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. He has created an absolute Boys, we are here to rant. James, we have to do justice before we just slide right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races of all time. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a B team. What do they need? What on earth? I don't have an option. I'm talking World Wow. Welcome. Welcome. To Prem de la Prem. Welcome back to Prem de la Prem. It's match week 34 recap and happy Cinco de Mayo, Prem heads. I'm joined, of course, by Patrick Crowley, or as our friend south of the border might refer to him, El Tuna Grande. Hope you brought your drink of choice because this margarita just got spicy. Mm, and by margarita, I mean protest against the owners. How are we doing, mm. Patrick? Uh, doing great. Uh, appreciate you starting me with that analogy. That one was a tricky one to follow, but we're here. We're in the show, uh, and I'm excited to talk about protest. I feel like every pundit has weighed in on it so far. I think that mm-hmm. the world is just dying to hear from the prems, the prem heads. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess we're you've heard it. You've heard it on the airwaves across the country. Every pundit having their opportunity to say that violence is bad, mm-hmm. and and just take a nice little moral high ground there. Uh, we also, as a podcast of Prem de la Prem, believe it or not, don't condone violence. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Pat, all right. Pat, yeah, Patrick. That's fine. Yeah, that is a. Can, can I get? Can I get that, that on? Okay, we'll I'll get that on the record. That. Yeah, yeah we're anti. That. We're anti-violence. Anti-violence pod. Always. Always have been. Always have been. And uh, this weekend is no different. Obviously, the main protest being Manchester United. Um, we do things big. We tend to do things the best. Our protest was the best in a peaceful regard until it was spilled over onto the field and the game got canceled and blah, blah, blah. But uh, thanks to those brave Manchester United fans who stormed Old Trafford on Sunday, the title is out of City's grasp for at least one more week. Job done. That's what it was all about anyway, right? Yeah, I suppose. Um, not going to get my freak of the week, but I do have a bone to pick with NBC's um, production crew who thought mm. that that mm. oh, news the story split screen. was we went double more, box. more important <laughs> than uh, the Arsenal-Newcastle game. But you know what? That's uh, Again, they're not getting my freak of the week, James. That person who made that specific decision is not getting my freak of the week. Um, yeah, big, big Rebe- Re- Rebecca Lowe uh, stepped into her Chris Hansen red zone personality and, and just made the call on the double box I while the live game's going on. I can't blame <laughs> Rebecca Lowe. She saw an opportunity. I got to look at the producer who allowed it to happen. You know, that's I'm not I'm not coming at foot soldiers. I'm going. You're after, saying okay? Yeah, much okay. like the protesters, uh, I'm not coming at the foot soldiers, not the players. Going at the big dogs in the booth. If you know yeah. what I mean? Okay, sure. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think I'm with you. But um, my thinking there, Patrick, there were lots of uh, City fans who took pops at United saying, uh, oh, this is the only way you could stop the title from going to the Etihad, which as like funny as it is and clearly wrong, it was equally funny seeing United fans get riled up because they actually took it seriously. And I have to stop myself. I have to actively stop myself from being one of those people. Well, it's so easy not not to rile like, it's so you easy. specifically up. You know, you... Mm-hmm. you, you um... I think you're harder to rile up than me, and you try you try with me quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's that's that's part of the fun. Uh, that's part of the fun of it, isn't it? And mm-hmm. yeah, like if, if the title's going there anyway. Like it didn't stop anything. It might delay yeah. it a day or two, I, but yeah, I mean that the title stuff's all banter. Um, 
I almost think the beauty in it, real quick, I just think the beauty in it, Patrick, the irony in it would be if that was actually why some United fans did it in that world, just play along with this hypothetical with me, if we got points deducted, essentially gifting the title to Man City without even kicking a ball. I think that would be amazing. That would have been chef's kiss, wouldn't it? That would have been so nice. That would have been so nice. The, The direct action of United fans gave the title to City. Right. That would have been great. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how and how how amazing would that have been for those those idiots thinking they're like the saviors of the club? Oh yeah. man, they're yeah, like me... one more week. <laughs> Are we even trying to get into like how far is too far? Because I don't I don't I don't really care to be honest with you. I'm sitting at home. I'm watching them do it. You know, it's to each their own. Is kind of how I'm looking at it. Maybe that's a... maybe yeah. Maybe I'll put it this way. It was the first time I hadn't been excited about a United-Liverpool game in a long time. And I think that's partially due to the fact that it was a dead rubber game and it was 8.30 in the morning. I was nursing a little headache. However, I will say, I, I think that was due to other reasons as well. Meaning that you just get this sense that the Premier League isn't that big of a deal right now. And part of that is no fans mm. and football hasn't been you know, the same for a while, but there's still this stink of the Super League lingering. And for United fans, it's brought back the resentment of the Glazers, which goes back to 2005. I found out the most hardcore fans actually started a new football club back in 2005 because um, they were so wow. disgusted with the Glazer takeover. Yeah, it was called Football Club. It was like basically word soup of Manchester United. It was like Football <laughs> Club United of Manchester. And I think they're languishing in the lower leagues, but um, they, they exist. I cannot somewhere. wait for their rise. I will support that club on its rise. I want oh, to see them yeah. in League One. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, independent from the Glazer ownership, but at what cost? Um, anyway, all that, all that a, long way, a long-winded way of saying, um, I do think this is more important than a United-Liverpool game right now. Um, this feeling of, of having a moment to actually speak out against the Glazers, which has been a long time coming and it reached a peak in 2010 and now it's back. And I don't, like we said, we're an anti-violence podcast. I don't condone the, any, any injury of, of stewards or policemen just doing their jobs. I, I do, I do very much condone the people recreating Rooney's overhead kick on an empty old Trafford pitch. I'm fully here for that. And I condone the peaceful protests. So that maybe that's maybe that's a lighthearted way of answering. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, I condone the stewards um, for having no clue what they're doing, but retrieving shoes and the like of the protesters. They're they're like you know they're they're in on it a little, a little. The stewards. I are. think this really revealed how clueless stewards are in general. Are they volunteers? Are they are they career stewards? Because I just remember when fans were around, they would just show up for the last 85 minutes and form that wall of yellow jackets. And it's just like, well, what are we here to do? And it's like, you just look like a physical barrier between a fan and the field. That's kind of what they do. And then once you get past that point, they don't have a protocol. Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen somebody, uh, a, a pitch invader? Uh, don't <laughs> I actually have particular feelings against pitch invaders, but um, pitch invaders... Pro Pitch Invader podcast? I'm not a pro Pitch Invader podcast. I want, think about it this way. I want like one of these, one of these little kids who comes out just wanting a picture to get absolutely rocked to send a message. Wow. And just get wow. like, banned for life. Yeah. I think it's, I think it opens the door 
to to some some pretty suspect stuff. See Jack Grealish getting socked in the head like two years ago. Right. Uh, well, that's a kid from Birmingham. You gotta you gotta know he's not coming out for a picture. Sure, sure. Then get, then put put more stewards in Birmingham. You know, uh, you know, figure figure it out. I actually anyway. think he yelled by order the Peaky Blinders before he put an absolute haymaker on Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish is like, wait, what are you talking about? That's not me. Um, but you know, I, I, all, all I was saying is, you see, you see, you see a, a pitcher beater get past the stewards and they're on the pitch. Uh, you got a wild goose chase, and none of these guys uh, <laughs> have any idea how to catch this guy who is completely drunk wearing. You know, sneakers on grass, slipping everywhere. Somehow always in better athletic shape. Somehow yeah. always in better athletic shape, despite being like five buds deep. And then there's like the one um, the one steward every time who just engages in like a 50-yard sprint just to mm-hmm. try and tackle him. And every now and again, mm-hmm. it comes off real clean, and it's something special. There's a whole and YouTube compilation for that. Just truck stick. Yeah. Has there ever been? Has there ever been a perfect field invasion? Like you know how there's like a perfect hat trick where it's left foot, right foot header. Has there ever been a perfect field invasion where he's on the field, dodges the stewards, gets out the other side, like prison break? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's YouTube compilations for that as well. That exists. Yeah. No, they're epic. They're very awesome. By uh, God. They happen. Um, yeah, I, I haven't seen it as far as like the Premier League one. They look uh, like it's it's more of like they're not stewards there; they're armed guards kind of situations, mm, whatever oh. uh, situations those are. Just kind of absolute mayhem. Uh, I guess there's armed guards at international matches every now and again, but sure. In any case, um, we're on a, we're on quite the digression. Uh, gives us I good think it's still content, important. Still I important suppose. to discuss. Uh, but yeah, I think yeah. I mean, it's something that Carragher said, and I've, I've, I've um, Carragher is 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 grown a lot on me this year. Maybe it's just oh him and more Neville, f- him and Neville yeah. together, and I put him in the same boat, regardless of who's United, who's who's Liverpool. I love the two of them, honestly, yeah. together. Yeah, no, it was it was a good week for the both of them as well. Um, I mean, no one's better than Michael Richards right now. That man's just too hot. Not even Nico Cantor. But anyway, I'm 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 digressing again. But Carragher said something that I thought was relatively interesting, which was you know the the um, the second best uh, protest, which which is as fitting, uh, was was that of Arsenal's, and the, the fans of these two clubs uh, seem to have been the loudest, and everybody was United, loud. United about Super and Arsenal. United and Arsenal. Yes, Carragher um, made the point that you don't see. Um, I mean, the Chelsea fans storm, but you don't you don't see the, the Chelsea fans yelling for their ownership to get out. You don't see the Liverpool fans. Yelling for the ownership, some of them, but less. For less the record, so. Patrick, I think we established that Chelsea take pre Carragher. That is a hundred percent true. That is a hundred percent true. Just um, want to put some respect on our names. Yes, yes. But point of, the question I wanted to ask you is, if if the Super League doesn't happen, you know what what is the kind of an ulterior tipping point for either of these two these two clubs? Because I almost feel like Arsenal has to spend, and I don't want to do a, a classic make this just about Arsenal and United's problems podcast as a, as a, go back to our roots. But I think that Cronky mm-hmm. is almost the pressure's on for him to act to a certain degree. And fans are coming back in the, in the stadium next year. They're not going to be happy. Part of me is like, he's either going to sell the club, which I really, really don't think he's going to do, or no. he's going to actually invest something into it because he's not going to have the European money barring a, you know, a, a Europa league win for Arsenal. What is the impetus for it? It feels like with these two clubs, the Super League was 
effectively the straw that broke the camel's back and allowed this floodgate of years. Uh, I think you said 05. I think it was 07 mm-hmm. where Kroenke became a, a part owner and not until more recently became mm-hmm. um, the full majority owner. Um, I think that was 2011. Uh, maybe. Those, anyway, uh, it feels more to these two, these, these two clubs, and, and it feels like it's more than the Super League. It almost feels like the Super League has kind of come and gone for everybody else. And it's just like a shame on you. How dare you? And then UEFA yeah. stuff in the background. Right. But it's there's there's a lingering animosity and tension. It seems for for United and Arsenal. Yeah, because I think this was animosity predating the Super League. Like I think Chelsea again, going back to what Carragher probably said and what we said last week. With Chelsea was the prime example of like, hey Roman, like the Super League thing's not cool. And Roman's like, yeah, you're right. We never wanted to be in it anyway. And they're like, all right, cool. Back to what we were doing. Right. Like. You know, we can knock Roman Abramovich here and there for however you view the man, but it's a really well-run football club. So mm-hmm. you you can you can probably set aside the, the the negative feelings of the Super League and then get on with business. I think with United, it's a little bit different, and I've actually been asking myself this same question. Imagine if this summer we went out and got a central defensive midfielder, a center back, and a right winger. Like the shopping list. It's not going to happen. But imagine if we did. Would I be satiated? Would I be okay? And I think I probably would. Like, I'm not I'm not posting anti-Glazer sentiment. I'm not posting this, that, the other thing. But I think it hits closer to home to people who actually have United woven into the fabric of their life. Because you think about how they feel going to the stadium. And the stadium's decaying before everyone's eyes. You think about how they don't communicate with any of the supporter groups. You think about how they've continually saddled the club with debt for whoever comes next and when they come next to deal with while they're taking out millions and millions in dividends. It's all those things that add up that I think rankle these these fans. And from what I'm reading on Twitter, they don't care about menu. Short-term pain, long-term gain is I think the best way I can put it. There are a ton of fans now who are like, we don't care about getting docked points so we don't make the Champions League. We don't care about who we signed this summer it's it's all in Glazers out and like just wait till we get fans back in the stadium. And like I, I I'll put my hand up and say I'm not as hardcore to the extent that they are. Um, even though I do think honestly, like you're not gonna get back to quote unquote good old days until Glazers leave, but it does come down to my my bone would probably stop with smart and serious investment, which I haven't seen. Whereas other people's, it goes deeper. And I guess I would turn the same question on you. Yeah, I would. I think that I think that the the shared frustration and there's like a layer of nuance where, uh, you know, I'm sure there's things that happen at United that Arsenal fans won't be able to have a shared experience. And, and, and the inverse is true. But I think the shared experience and the shared uh, pain, which I don't think is really shared by, uh, I mean, Spurs might be able to hop in. Levy's not the most ambitious, but it, does, it really doesn't invest like he is. I think that the shared pain is that you don't have owners or you don't, you don't perceive your owners to care as much about the club as you do. And exactly. so where that becomes frustrating as a fan is, you know, fans put everything into the, into the team, whether it's for, you know, 90 minutes or whether it's kind of the lifelong thing, like when they're connected with a team, 
you're giving it everything you got, like a fan, right? Whether you're traveling on the away days, (laughs) there's some people who literally it's their life. Yeah, I remember. I remember DT DT leaving a draw against Crystal Palace to go back to to his son's birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Yeah, there's there's lines for some people. There aren't for others. But I think that even when you're just if you're watching like at home by yourself, you know, you're still giving you you know something to that that team and that and that that experience i think part of what makes you know sport sport and makes you know kind of the spectacle is what it is is that ability to kind of connect with that vision connect with that hope and when you see mm-hmm. ownership who you know their priorities are elsewhere which is just this yeah. revenue figure right you know that like your what you want and what they want are not aligned that is 100% true we are it's, you just we don't are, know what to do you feel paralyzed as a fan uh and for all of that bullshit that goes on um at all these other clubs all these you know uh the, i think you see that a lot of a lot of places and that the there's there's a lot of clubs who who can have their critiques rightly for their ownership group how that ownership group operates uh, yeah. but but i don't think there's many that have such a disconnect certainly not in the premier league level between what the fans want and what mm-hmm. the owners want. Mm-hmm. It's that ambition, right? And I think it's so clear with American owners, particularly at United and Arsenal, and we just so happen to be fans of those teams on Prem to La Prem, but I do think those are the two where you feel very, very keenly as a fan that we're just cash cows. We're just revenue yeah. machines. And that's why I said my opinion would probably change if we went out and bought three players who would make us challenge for a title. Because I know it's not going to happen. That's the thing, though, because I, I know it's not going to happen. That's because because that's what's the difference between those clubs and Liverpool is that Liverpool invests smartly. They have a strategy. Mm-hmm. They seem to know how to build a team. And, they can be tight you know, with money. Liverpool isn't free spending, but they're smart. Right, right, a hundred percent. And I think Arsenal. And United, that's that that you know all American ownership groups, right? They're valuing every dollar they spend, and they're like, "Where's this ROI? Where's this ROI?" Liverpool maximizes their ROI, uh, whereas you know, for the most part, uh, United and Arsenal just kind of seem to throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. When what it, sells jerseys? Yeah, right. Um, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Uh, and, and 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 so, you know, I guess that's a long-winded way of getting back to I think a point where I agree with you is. If, again, I believe this won't happen. If in some miracle situation, Stan Kroenke says, you know what, I've heard you loud and clear. Like, let, let, let's pretend we don't win the Europa League. We're out of Champions League. We let's don't pretend. have the money. Let's just pretend. Uh, yeah, I'm, pretend not, I'm not there. Theory. I'm not there emotionally no. yet, James. Don't, just don't no. try me. Uh, if, we'll get there. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'm going to put in, you know, $120 million dollars. Uh, I'm going to invest in uh, this, you know, this manager, another manager, whatever it is. I'm going to invest in building the squad, building it the right way, uh, doing this, that, and the other. If I really want to double down in the youth, here's the, like communicate clearly what the plan is. You're right. I would say, okay, I'm back on, like, let's do it. Right. Yeah, you're fine. Right. You learned your right. lesson. We're good. Uh, I don't have kind of that same fundamental, you know, just distaste, distaste, I suppose, for ownership. Uh, but I do think that that is an American versus um, English perspective when it exactly. comes to clubs and franchises is I've always viewed my ownership group 
as just this you know evil entity that is in charge of something I love. That's a necessary uh, evil. <laughs> almost yeah. Like in trust me um, to the people of, of Latin Orient, I'm coming for you. I did the math. I think it's the most effective one for me. Um, next great American owner in uh, English history. I'm oh. gonna give it back to the people. That's me, by the way. Patrick, I just wanted to make my first intro. I don't think you're aware. I mean, ironic to this entire segment we're doing. You, I don't think you're aware of the amount of abuse you would catch from Leighton Orient fans. No, I think that I would be broken almost instantly. But yeah. I also, um, <laughs> I, it would be a hostile takeover. Yeah, no, no. I've I've already got some terms. I've already got some terms in my head that I think would uh, ingratiate me with the people, um, and and I think they're agreeable. And of course, do you I guys be... like Carl Pink- Pilkington? <laughs> so I've got him on retainer. Uh, He's the village fool at the stadium. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll just right. call that man a fool. He's a Manchester United fan, by the way. Well, on that, let's bring it back to this. In a very factual, statistical standpoint, all that said after the protests, City's in pole position to seal the title against Chelsea on Saturday with a dub. It always seems to be like a City versus Chelsea to determine the title or, or, or put a nail in the coffin. Chelsea just, they're either winning it or they, they, they get their nose involved somehow. They always, have a, somehow. Yeah, they yeah. always yeah. have a say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they always have a say. Yeah, all that. Little weasels. They're getting in there. Mm-hmm. Always. Yep. So it's in their hands. I'm not calling it a done deal. Chelsea always seems to have something up their sleeve. United play Villa away the following day as a, as a must win. I believe that will be Sands Grealish, but still, never an easy game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's... I think the gap right now is 13 points and United have 15. So barring, or they, they got 15 points to, to possibly get. Yeah. So Patrick, my, my last futile hope of any kind of title challenge was extinguished when Matty Cash caught that second yellow out of nowhere to, to end that City Villa game. Uh, so now I'm just in full like fuck things up mode. Like how long can we stop them from celebrating? It's, right. it's not a fun game to play. No one enjoys it, but it's it's a war of attrition that we will lose. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, maybe you just make them think about something. I mean, the Champions League final is pretty far off, so I can't imagine they're not going to take care of business quickly. But I do think Chelsea have something to say about it. I'd be... I'd be mm-hmm. Where's that game? It's at the Eddie Had. Mm, yeah. I still would be... I, 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 I still rate Chelsea to get a draw there. Right, yeah. They're playing... Very good football. Quite. And we'll see how they shape up against Roma. Well, it might have already happened. Who's to say? Who's to say in this construct we call time? But anyway, Patrick, it brings me to what I want to call a new segment. Convince me to care about the existence and relevancy of this podcast. In other mm. words, what is there left to be excited about? We are coming to the end of an, a crazy season that surprisingly to you, might seem like there's not a whole lot left to play for. But boy, are you guys wrong. Because we are about to mental gymnastic our way so, through. So dumb. <laughs> How could you? How could you just leave us hanging like that? Four games left, guys. There's a ton happening. So why don't we go relegation battle, Europa League spots, top four Champions League spots, and just talk about what exactly is in everyone's court. James, are you familiar with uh, Pepe Silvia? Yes. Uh, because I use some of his methods. And okay. I have found a way for Mailed Fulham it halfway to Siam. To get 
to get out of this mess here. Um, I do have to call. I have to declare Sheffield United dead. Uh, have to do it. Uh, also, oh, you. Oh, you, okay. You're you're doing that right now. Yes, I'm calling them dead. Um, dead on arrival. Time of death. Uh, you, you know what it is. Uh, Sick of the mile, baby. <laughs> West Brom. Uh, James, I'm also calling dead. Uh, time of death. Not official, uh, but he's just he's he's circling the drain. You know, they're circling the drain. West Brom need. There's a vulture picking at it. West Brom need uh, four four wins on the trot uh, to pull it off. Uh, they have Arsenal, Liverpool, West Ham, and Leeds. So I'm I'm calling it there. Mm, yeah, I'm I'm expecting Allardyce to tender his re- resignation in kind. I hope he does it before it's mathematically official. I, I would love I would love before, like halftime. Yeah, I need a PS. This doesn't count. At the end of his relegation, resign. So sorry, resignation letter. Uh, yeah, but okay. So here, <laughs> here's the situation. Fulham is nine points behind both yes. Burnley and Newcastle. Oh, I forgot Burnley is just as susceptible as Newcastle. Both Burnley and Newcastle. Fulham, um, in any sort of way where they would get points, and Burnley and Newcastle lose points, Fulham would gain the goal differential in all likelihood. Fulham yes. would have the goal differential. Therefore, they just need in those four games to make up nine points, so three dubs, on either of those others. So let's go to Fulham's schedule first, if you please. Home to Burnley. Home to Burnley. Isn't that something, James? The That's aforementioned Burnley. That's too sorted. So... Um, yeah, got to call this one a must win for Fulham. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely mm-hmm. a must win. Patrick, I'm going to take it one step further. I'm looking at the slate of games next weekend. Your eyes are going to be drawn to Man City, Chelsea. But I think Monday... Oh, what a... You got to be kidding me. Who's mm-hmm. who's scheduling these games? They who's always put the best games? games on Monday. Always. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Arsenal is all too familiar with that. Fulham, Burnley at noon. High noon on Monday, LA time. Uh, yeah, that is the game of the week in my mind because uh-huh. it's Bur- it's Burnley to secure freedom, Fulham fighting for their lives like rats right. on a sinking ship. It's yep. gonna be amazing. Then they have Southampton, winnable, very winnable. Manchester United is gonna be obviously a tough game. Winnable. Pot- United has zero to play for. I was gonna say they have zero to play for. That might they're, they'll in all likelihood be about a week out from a Europa League final. Um, so in all likelihood, barring a four nil loss. Yeah, barring a four. Yes, of course. <laughs> that's that's what I'm getting at. Hey, look, I'm saying never. You know, I, I've had wishes yeah. come true before. Uh, and then, so even if they don't win that, remember they only need nine. They only need nine. And then last game of the season, we've already talked about this. It's Fulham Newcastle, the aforementioned Newcastle. They play both the teams they need to catch. Mm-hmm. And then if they get that sorted, they need a dub at Fulham or a dub at Southampton. And, you know, anything at Manchester United would be a bonus, obviously. Yeah. And then you would need both Burnley and Newcastle to lose out. If they can somehow get 10 points in there, Fulham or, or Newcastle or Burnley could afford a draw and Fulham would still go through. If oh. they can get all of those points, then Burnley and Newcastle would actually each need four points mm-hmm. from three games, remembering that they lose one of these. So let's go over to Burnley. Burnley first, yeah? That seems appropriate. Okay. 
So Fulham, obviously. As we spoke of. Leads it home, which I would say is a winnable game for them, but it's going to sure. be a tough one. Right, then they got, it off. Yeah, then they got Liverpool at home. Uh, so it's another game that, on Liverpool's form, could be winnable, but Liverpool might be fighting for a Champions League spot. With right, match yeah. week you, you wouldn't count on that. You wouldn't no, count on you don't that. count on that one. So let's pretend Fulham's already got that dub. Uh, then they get Sheffield United away. Only a pride game for Sheffield United. If Sheffield United have a chance to take Burnley down with them, that could be an interesting construct of a game. Uh, but I'd still rate Burnley in that one. So really the game we're circling here for Burnley, obviously Fulham game of the week, but the next week, um, you know, if they can get anything out of Leeds, they're going to make it really tough on Fulham. Mm-hmm. Really tough on Fulham. Sheffield's going to have a big say in the relegation battle, 18th place. Mm-hmm. They are uh, considered dead, according to Prendel Prem, but they will have a say because, Patrick, why don't you give us Newcastle's schedule? Oh, so Newcastle, away to Leicester City. Tough. Good luck. Good luck. Uh, you just lost 2-0 to Arsenal at home. Good luck. Uh, then you go home, but you get City in what might be, I don't really know how the math will work out, that could be a game that wins City the title. You're getting smacked yeah. either way. Yeah. Then oh, that's, a, that's a certified smack. Then the aforementioned Sheffield United. Again, mm-hmm. do they have a say here? Do they have a say here? Getting this is Newcastle. a Ryan. This is a Ryan Brewster playing for his career game. It, it might well be. It might well be. And then, of course, the closer against Fulham. So I think oh. really the toughest task. I mean, Fulham. If Fulham beats Burnley, then it gets exciting. Then, then it actually gets exciting. That's Assuming the game of the week. Newcastle loses to Leicester. If Newcastle, yeah. So yeah, if if we come out of that. Uh, with those two results, uh, then we get, then we get excited. Then, then we get excited. Batten down the hatches. And Patrick, I want to do match week thirty-eight. Every single game gets played at eight a.m. I think we got to do a red zone esque uh, pod stream or whatever of those games with a keen eye on Fulham Newcastle. Feet fans, because fans mm. will be in the stadium. Oh, that's right. Oh my goodness, that's gonna be so good. That's gonna a be feast. so good. Um, I'm just looking up the odds to stay up. Fulham plus sixteen hundred worth. Was snack. this seg- was this segment in essence talking you into it as we were going along? That's a ten dollar bet to win one sixty right there, James. Fulham to stay up. Let's go get it, boys. Mm-hmm. Make London proud. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be one uh, if Fulham does this. One uh, one stalwart of the league in recent years would have to go down as a result. Uh, who are we losing at? Sheffield United, they can go. West Brom, they can go. I kind of want to see Fulham stay up. I like Scott Parker, but he's got a yeah. job out for him. He's got a job cut out for him. Mm-hmm. And God, I, they can't I, catch I would like that as well. Either. I would like that as well, Patrick. They've had All some right. tough luck. I know, they really have. They bet. really have. <laughs> that was a stupid bet. That's $10 you're never going to see again. Anyway, Europa League. Why don't we do this one quickly? And in essence, use it as a little springboard to talk about the impending, hopefully, Boing. big, big asterisk, swing, prem de la prem bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's do it from the Premier League position. And we'll start, of course, with Arsenal, who are five points off of Liverpool in seventh, who would have like the cuck July travel to Czechoslovakia uh, to play a play-in game to the Europa League. But 
Five points off Liverpool in seventh place, having played an extra game. Is it mathematically possible? Well, forget that. <laughs> is it realistic in your eyes? What, to get into the Champions League? No, Europa League, by way of the Premier League. Yeah, I was going to say the Champions League. Um, no. Chasing down Liverpool in seventh place. No, that for me it was over when we lost to Everton. That was the game we needed to win. The Burn Leno, whoopsie daisy. Yeah, yeah, that was a bad one. Poor Burnt. 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 <laughs> love him, love him. Had a okay. couple hours this year, but you know. Okay, we're scratching it out, scratching it out for Arsenal. Their eyes are solely on Champions League by way of winning the Europa League in a, a way that only Arsenal could achieve European soccer. Uh, let's talk well, about Everton. We also might have... We also might be in the Champions League if those rules go into effect and it just benefits Arsenal as well. Not proud of it, but that might be a fact of the situation. Not proud. Not proud. Okay. Let's talk about Everton. The Merseyside Chasers hunting down their cross-park rivals, Liverpool. Only two points back, equal amount of games played, worse goal difference, but that is who they're chasing down. They just lost a game that could have pole vaulted them above of them. And I think it was a winnable game, too. I forget who they lost to. Right. Villa. They lost to Villa. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so do you think they're going to usurp Spurs or Liverpool or technically West Ham in fifth right now for a Europa League spot? Um, no. No. I, I just see... Um, I see Liverpool pushing pretty hard for that Champions League position. Uh I just think it's going to be too tough for them. But, sure. yeah, I mean, maybe your second game of the week, uh, West Ham-Everton, uh, that would really spice things up if Everton, Everton could get a win there. Uh, I think also with a game in – no, probably not a game in hand on West Ham. Yeah, and a game in hand on West Ham would bring them within three points. So mm-hmm. that's game on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's oh, that's all, a great game. That's a yeah. great-looking game. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Liverpool, Liverpool with a game in hand as well. So Everton has a game in hand on Tottenham and West Ham. Sure. Sure. All right, then. On Europa League, just to touch on it very quickly, Arsenal are an absolute classic away from being in the final. And I say that because they have a little bit of a job to do. It's not beyond them. It's not beyond them. No, no. Score and keep a clean sheet at home to deny Emery. That's all we got to do. Okay. Easier said than done. Other ways to do it. There's multiple ways to skin a cat. I I assume you're going to concede a goal. I don't think the clean sheet's happening. I assume you're going to concede a goal, so we're gunning for at least two. (laughs) Yeah, we need. Yeah, I think we're going to. Well, that's the thing. I don't know, man. Maybe it's just I'm like super naive, but I just was like, we're going to win the FA Cup last year. I'm not worried about it. And like this year, I'm just kind of like, we're going to win Europa League. I'm not worried about it. Like, that's been my mindset for so long. And I know without a shadow of a doubt, you know, Manchester United is a better team than Arsenal. But I think it's a good good matchup. I just think it's a good matchup for Arsenal. I just think we match up well against against United, oddly enough. Uh, So I'm. Oh, because we're we're just two ridiculous teams in our own right. I think it's just like one of those. Yes, it's, it's, it's like one of those two things that just can't, they can't like figure each other out. They're like the unstoppable force meets the immovable object. It's like when a dog sees itself in the mirror for the first time. It's all confused. It doesn't do anything. It starts barking. Yeah, it's just a mess. 
when McFred sees an equally defensive double pivot on the other side of the field. Yeah, when you you have to play Granite Jock at left back, but the other team doesn't have a right winger. It's just like, let's meet. <laughs> yeah. Let's get on with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the perfect counterpoint. Uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So Villarreal to overcome. United uh, just have a bit of a formality, I'd say. Wow. This would just reflect so badly if the unthinkable happened, but I'm going to go ahead and it's, call it a formality. We're all rooting for it, James. Yep. I'm sure you are. We're going to go ahead and call it a formality uh, against newly managered <laughs> coached side Roma by none other than Jose Mourinho, who I'm pretty sure took the job just to make the commentators talk about him in United's next game. I love it. I'm 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 almost certain of that as well. That's or right? to piss we off can go- the last fan base that still likes him in Inter uh and go because he him and Conti have a little good little good uh back and yeah. forth. Yeah. So it's like who was who was the more fucking I can't imagine sorry. Diabolical like Chelsea manager. Yeah. 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 I mean Syria, yeah, could be could be looking pretty pretty nice next year. Um it's gonna be on Paramount Plus. So along with your Paramount Plus making a pretty aggressive push in land grab for uh sure. the soccer what do you call it, broadcasting market. Yes. It's pretty impressive their land yes. grab. All right. Well, guys, we said it before. We're not we're not Counting our chickens yet on the Prem de la Prem Bowl, but it is a distinct possibility, and we will know the results on Thursday. It's D-Day. We'll see if it's United Arsenal, and if it is, we will have something special queued up for you in the Prem de la Prem world. You can be assured of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Top four, Patrick. Chelsea right now holding the all-important fourth spot. Let's go bottom up. Liverpool, seven points off Chelsea with a game in hand. Spurs, five points off Chelsea, no games in hand. West Ham, three points off, no games in hand. Who of these teams can usurp them, and will they? Are we saying Leicester's out of reach? No, but I think United's out of reach. For the purpose of United's out of reach, not to say we'll finish second, but we're out of reach for dropping out entirely. Um, Dude, I'm pumped for this race because I don't know how to call it. The fixtures are too good. Let me read you Leicester's. Have you gone through it? Okay, so should I save my take for you for you to go through these? No, we can get through it, but there's just a Chelsea and Leicester both have a murderer's row. Here's what I'll say. Yeah, Chelsea's schedule is so tough. Away to City, home to Arsenal, which no no disrespect might be their easiest game left. FA Cup final smudged between home to Arsenal and home to Leicester. So they'll play Leicester two games in a row and then finish away to Villa, parentheses, feet fans back in Villa Park. Yeah. So, yeah, Patrick, West Ham just beat Burnley, I believe. And I, I wasn't getting too excited. I thought it was over. You know, Chelsea's running away with it. They're playing some really good football. Who knows with Leicester and Brendan Rodgers. But I thought it was over. Top four decided. West Ham... Three points off, they have a very favorable run-in when you compare it to Chelsea. I, I'm i rooting for it. I'm rooting for that story. I want David Moyes yeah. up, up there in the big time. They got well, home to Everton, away to Brighton, away to West Brom, home to Southampton. It's it's right there. It is. Um, I also don't want to rule out Leicester and Brandon Rogers' collapse. Mm-hmm. Um, after Newcastle this week, 
uh, which I'm going to call a must-win for Leicester if they want to be in the Champions League. That is a must-win for Leicester if they're in the Champions League. Uh, they got Manchester United away, Chelsea again in the, uh, like you mentioned, the back-to-back against Chelsea, and then they close uh, against Spurs. And so you look at that finish, Chelsea, Spurs, you know, honestly, the winner of that Chelsea-Leicester game is probably safe uh, if, if they're not both safe. But yeah, I, I, dude, I, still, I still like Liverpool. Honestly, to kind of sneak in. Yeah. Um, Just a little late move. Not worried about European football. They have Southampton, West Brom, Burnley, Palace, and United. Uh, and who knows what that United game is going to be. But those other four. Uh, United game is going to be in them. late June. Really? They've res- they've, no, can you imagine? Oh. <laughs> they've rescheduled it for late June <laughs> during the Euros. <laughs> <laughs> It's like for Champions League implications, and uh, they're like, "Yeah, you guys, you guys did this to yourself." Late June, midnight. You know, I mean, I, I wouldn't rule them out, though. You know, the 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 draw against Leeds, the draw against Newcastle, uh, they're they're just not quite getting those those results that, that they should be getting. Quite frankly, like they they they, they get those two results. Um, they're sitting even with West Ham with the game in hand, right? They're yeah, they're right, basically on level uh, with a win to catch Chelsea. So uh, they've 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 squandered a couple opportunities, but I still wouldn't rule them out to run the table, uh, get another fifteen points, puts them on sixty nine points, uh, makes both uh, Chelsea and Leicester's jobs tough mm-hmm. to close this thing out. So the, Liverpool's in with a shout, um, but I, I I do think uh, if it's not Liverpool, I do think West Ham. Uh, I like I just yeah the loser of the Chelsea Leicester game. Which home to Everton is going to be, be a huge no. barometer. I like West Ham. You like Liverpool, and rightfully so. I, I like Liverpool more than I like Spurs, but I like West Ham the most. And I think they're going to deal with Everton at home, and then it's smoother sailing from there. And how I'm about here this, for it. Yeah, I'm here how about for this? It. How about this storyline for Chelsea? Chelsea. Wins the FA Cup, then gets revenge smacked by Leicester in the league. They lose, again, the final match week, get donkey kicked out of the Champions League places, but they're in the Champions League final Mm -hmm. against Manchester City Mm -hmm. for the double marbles, which is also what Arsenal would be going for, double marbles uh, to get into the Champions League. Right, it's not just the trophy. It's double marbles, yep. That's what they call it. I didn't make that up. Uh, it's more so, than all the marbles. It's double mm-hmm. the marbles. <laughs> double all of them. Exactly. No, it's going to be yeah. fun. It's going to be fun. This, this can be something that's undone in just like one week's worth of work with the wrong Oh, yeah. yeah. Everton beats West Ham. Uh, Bull, uh, Burnley beat Fulham. We're going to be back next week trying to spin zone how there's still something interesting going on in the Premier League. But yeah, right then now. We're going to start talking about how interesting the Europa League places are. Exactly. Because that's all it is. But for right now, hope springs eternal. And if you're rooting for anybody, root for chaos, root for Fulham, root for West Ham, hell, root for Liverpool. Uh, It's going to be a hell of a match week. Yo, West Ham's plus 500 to make the top four. That's we'll get tenor. Hey, we'll get to the district, Patrick. I don't want. I don't want mid. I don't want mid insertions. I want this, is, this isn't the district. This is just an observation. <laughs> this, this is just your life unfolding in front of everyone. Yeah, yeah. All right. 
We're going to get to Freak. We're going to get to Goal of the Week. I do have one quick general general announcement, Patrick, because we haven't given it any airtime. Uh, I checked fantasy football, and my dad's running away with it. It is what oh, it is. Sh- yeah, it is. It is what it is. Analytics, Moneyball was always going to win. This is a man with, I cannot stress this enough, so much time on his hands, a, a knowledge of Microsoft Excel, and how to build charts, analyzing who, is, who are the top performers. Um, he's going to take some stopping next season, and I, I guess I'm not ready to call it yet because anything can happen in Fantasy Prem, but we're going to have to do a jersey presentation at some point, and you're going to have to come around to that. We all are. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I'll get um, on me. I'll get an extra jersey, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer Glazers jersey uh, for mm. just help. With when the- you said on me, it made me think we should get a Ben Me Burnley jersey. Third kit. Just don't even care what he asked for. Just bend me. Third kit. What if that was just the prize? You get you get you get a bend me third kit jersey for as long it's as a, Burnley's in it's the on Premier me. League. Yeah. Yeah. Next year we're doing Lewis Dunk. <laughs> we're gonna sew the captain's armband on there for you. Maybe a three lions patch while we're at it. It's a permanent armband. You can't take it off. <laughs> Is that uh, worse than a what do they call it? The full kit? Um no, no. Full kit is top tier, top tier chaos from an adult. <laughs> is is goalie goalie kit's even worse though, right? Goalie kit's worse. Full, full kit, kit, goalie, kit goalie plus gloves. Yeah, what about that's full kit goalie plus gloves plus headgear. <laughs> so someone's just being better check for Halloween. <laughs> I just want to know how I should dress. Uh, when you and I go to United game one time forever uh, to 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 uh, embarrass you the most. Oh, Pat, uh, you, Pat, you'll get if you're sitting with me in the United section, you'll get escorted out of the building. That's not even a joke. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> if I'm, you show up in full kit, check jersey. Head no, I was. I mean, I was going to be as well be a like target. A, I was going to put on like the Vandersaar or something to blend in and just do the full kit thing and make you think that, you know. Oh, that's great. No, no. You'll be like a meme. Yeah. 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 Okay. I could go for that. No, you'll be, you'll be like a lovable idiot. You won't be inciting chaos. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, that's how most people describe me anyway. (laughs) The affable oaf. (laughs) Like Shrek, but dumb. (laughs) Shrek was dumb. <laughs> okay. Freak. Patrick, you said it before we got on on air. Uh pick of the litter. You already you already gave away freak. a runner up freak. So I'm curious to hear who took home freak gold for you this week in the Olympics. Fresh freak, freak gold goes to former Premier League legend Angel Di Maria. Uh for those of you who like um, non-Super League football, uh, a Champions League semifinal took place uh, where Mr. Maria, Mr. Di Maria, excuse me, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. was baited uh, like a four-year-old uh, into stomping out Fernandinho um, and was sent off in a Champions League semifinal while he was probably, I'd say, one of one of PSG's best players on the day. Um, I did That's some a research, joke. That's James. a joke, right? I didn't think PSG was particularly bright, but I thought he 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 was positive going forward. Oh, he was positive going I forward. I thought he had a stinker. I thought Di Maria had an absolute stinker, and that's why. Mm. But anyway, mm. it's a means the point. Uh, I guess you, you're picking out you're picking out the prized hog in a pig in a pig competition. Yeah, I mean, I thought 
I, th- I thought PSG were remarkably poor today across the board. They were incredibly uh, bad. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, petulant. Little fun fact, um, Man United has beaten both City and PSG this season. Ah, I see. Have you also yeah. beaten Chelsea and Real Madrid? Uh, no, we haven't beaten Chelsea. We haven't beaten Real Madrid either. Mm. So <laughs> Had me thinking for a second. <laughs> one one okay. side of the bracket. One side of the mm. bracket. Mm. Understood. But Chelsea uh, hasn't beaten us, and neither has Real Madrid. So... Checkmate. Stalemate. Yep. Yeah. Checkmate on one side, stalemate on the other. Mm-hmm. That's a double I, mate. That's a fool's uh, mate. Angel Maria is 33 years old. He has played 647 professional football games, and mm-hmm. he still felt the need to get riled up by someone just kicking the ball away. It was pretty egregious. You would think someone of his professional experience would be able to not do something that stupid. On the stage, no less. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not... There There will never be anything to top um, Zidane's headbutt. No, it'll, no. It'll never happen. Just the, the epicness of it. Uh, it was like a Renaissance painting. It was an extra time of a World Cup final. A tied World it, It's just... It was beautiful. It was Nothing ever, will it, ever beat that. No. It, ever. It, as far as, like, boneheaded decisions. Uh, until James and I do some pitch invasions. But... <laughs> This, this is just, it's, it's up there with just like, what were you thinking moments? He just had a complete lack of, lack of judgment. And I think it's indicative of kind of the, the petulant character of, uh, of PSG as a whole. They're a desperate team, desperate for this. They got beat and they couldn't handle it. Uh, and I would expect, honestly, no less from Maria, but still gets the freak of the week just due to his experience in the moment. It was pretty wild. Yeah. yeah. I, I cannot agree more. Patrick, my freak of the week, just because it, it resonated with me so well at the moment of seeing it on the Sky News report. They're cutting and panning across the old Trafford pitch invasion and general, you know, not fear, but sort of confusion and concern. And then they pan to one Michael Oliver standing in the tunnel, just taking a sidewards held phone video of the pitch invasion with a dumb <laughs> smile on his face and the mask down around his neck. It's like, what are you doing? What on earth are you doing? You sending oh. this to your mates? I gotta look this up. I didn't see this. Was it, did it did it make the rounds or was it just something you caught? It was something I caught. I don't even think like I I, I don't I'd be surprised if you could find it online because it was just part of the B roll and no one really took notice of it. <laughs> if if you were to see um, which which official would be kind of like most likely to get involved in something like that. Who would you pick? Get involved. Who do you think, if, if it was revealed that one match official was part of the group that invaded Old Trafford, not knowing uh, their allegiances, just characteristics mm-hmm. only, who would we take? I'd say, I'd say Jonathan Moss because he quite literally looks like one of those pork pie fans. He would blend in so perfectly. <laughs> So perfectly. Just put him in street clothes. Yeah. I kind of think Chris Kavanaugh. I think I'd have to go Chris Kavanaugh. He just has that that look on his face at all times. Just like, he just looks like he's ready to be pissed off, you know? <laughs> he just always looks ready to be pissed off. Yeah. I don't think Mike Dean would have appreciated it because it would have taken the moment away from him. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Some things are bigger than that, that Mike. Anyway, 
Let's bring it to a close, Patrick. Goal of the week. I'll go ahead and kick this one off. It's the solar.com goal of the week. If you don't know about solar yet, go ahead and check out solar.com and they will tell you a whole bunch of ways that you can save money by installing solar in your house for cheaper. Solar.com, the best place to find solar. Danny Welbeck, Patrick. Well being, yell. With the pluck out of the air turn and off foot finish to put Leeds out of their misery and essentially confirm Brighton's safety in the Premier League. It was a rollback the year's finish from the lad. Former Arsenal great, former United great. Special place in our hearts for Welbeck. And we're three he, Lions. Yeah, and former former three Lions too. He's done it all. He scored on the big stage. And uh, this might not have been a big stage, so to speak, but it was a big finish. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. That's my goal of the week. Everyone loves Welbeck, I feel like. I feel like he's one of those characters. He's like a Lingard. Yeah, yeah pretty universally loved out there. Um, James, we did not have the same goal of the week. We had a lot to choose from. Uh, this was actually a few weeks ago. I'm going with... Um, Stuart- oh, okay. I didn't know that was in the rules. Well, you know, I'm going good since the last match when we did. So um, this was my goal of the week then, and I don't think anyone's been better than it. So I'm going with Stuart Dallas, um, the Leeds mm-hmm. goal that he scored against City. Uh, Great goal. Extra time, down a man. This is getting elevated due to the assist as well. An absolute pearl of a pass, split the defense put him in on goal and then you know not a not a remarkable banger of a finish but a real solid finish between Ederson's legs mm-hmm. uh, and of course most impressively I think context at the time gave a little bit of a life uh, into a title race potential it was 10 man leads that did it uh, against against of course city in their their dominant run so that was my goal that goal was all week. necessary context mm-hmm. thank you for trudging that up mm-hmm. thank mm-hmm. you you know what shower thought I had the other day? Because you brought up, you know, the the assist added to it. Um, when you recall, like, the best assists of all time, you're talking about, like, a goal from a different player. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Best assists of all time. What's your, you know? what's your favorite assist? What's your best assist? Assist is a tough one. Because I feel like there's moves of play. There's definitely like moves that I've loved. Where it's a move, like but it's not pass. like one like one particular long ball. It's usually like a goalkeeper pass or something. I don't know. Oh, the Rooney to Van Persie like volley. That, yes. that one's got to be yeah, out there. Yeah, that exactly. Would, man, that was just that's that's. But you still call that time. a Van Persie goal because it was the you know the finish plus. Oh, the of course. Assist. Yeah, I mean that because the thing is that ball while you know inch perfect has been played. Thousands of times where that finish right. off of that ball has And then happened. someone just skies it, yeah. Darren right. Bent-esque. Well, most people ain't even making clean contact. If you sky that, that's still kind of impressive that you even got your foot around it. Um, oh, yeah. That, that, that won the Puskas, didn't it? It had to have. I think so. But, yeah, if that's Daniel James, he's letting it run and running onto it. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Not even assists. taking it down. Great assists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's all great. Yeah. Oh, maybe... Um, the quick corner by Alexander Arnold. That one's a pretty good assist. You remember it for the commentary. Yeah, I mean, it was just an epic yeah. moment, though. They quick reversed thinking. a 3-0 fixture. Mm-hmm. Totally. totally. All context. 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 Yeah. Context is key. Context mm-hmm. is king. Patrick, the Jenner district. Oh. What you got cooking up? James, I'm coming back hot. 
off of a full card UFC parlay. So your boy is ready to rumble. Also, um, now I'm going through some of this stuff. Really need Chelsea to work their way back up to third. Got a parlay on, on that. Uh, in any case, um, I'm going to start with my lock, James. I am going out on a limb. I'm backing the boys. I am taking Fulham, locking them to win the game against Burnley. I'm trying to speak truth to power into this relegation battle. Make it happen. Put my money where my mouth is. Fulham, let's stay up. It all starts here. It's got to be done. It's a must win. It's plus 120. That's a lock at plus 120. Yes, it's a lock. You're locking it. Yes. Okay. You're that confident in it. It's it's 100% a lock. It's all for what reasons? It's all to play for. And I'm, I'm, look, I think Scotty Parker and the boys are getting extraordinarily unlucky uh, recently. And I think they're, I think they're due. I think they're due. And it's a, you know, it's Monday Night Lights. So Monday Night Football, I think they'll get it done. It's at home. Yeah. Um, All right. I like it. My, um, a specific metabol uh, is going to be a three-team parlay. Naturally. And I call this... The sub. Um, the, yeah, the contender sub. I'm taking West Ham, Liverpool, and Spurs, uh, fifth, sixth, and seventh, to all win outright in their games. West Ham is home to Everton. We talked about that one. Big game for the both of them. Southampton or, or Liverpool home to Southampton, and mm-hmm. Spurs away to Leeds. Uh, yeah. So taking that as a parlay, that's yeah. at plus five hundred. So you're getting five to one odds on that parlay. Yeah, uh, you get really the feeling this one's really West, West Ham Everton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're basically just getting yourself um, a little tastier odds on West Ham and Everton there, in my humble opinion. But stranger things have happened with both Liverpool and Spurs this year. Far from a sure thing. James, my crock of the week. It's a crock for a reason, I suppose. Uh, but West Brom to win outright. Against Arsenal, Ooh. plus six hundred. Wow. We know what Arsenal has to play for. Next to nothing. We know what they've done in the Premier League. West Brom is a loss away from elimination. I expect them to show up. I expect them to play uh, with some intensity. I think something that would kind of maybe make me cash out of this bet uh, is if Arsenal do not advance out of the Europe. Europa I was, about, I was about to say. I was about to coming. say. But if yeah. Arsenal get through in the Europa League, this is just a complete this lack is, of focus potential. Uh, it's basically an appointment. Yeah. That's how they viewed most of the season anyway. But in any <laughs> case, that's the uh, that's the crock of the week. Uh, contingent, of course, upon Arsenal. Yeah, Arsenal smacking them if they, uh, if they get done. Oh, if you bounce them. out, it, yeah. it's a full-on frustration ball. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be ugly. Yeah, don't catch Moneni uh, on a hot streak, though. Oh, his first Premier League goal. I was tempted, James. I was tempted to give that his goal of the week. Yeah. Uh, just for the context, of course. Yeah, exactly. Not not for merit. Yeah, greatest Egyptian in the Premier League. Finally got his first goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Patrick, I got to say, feels good. Feels good to be back. Um, we are going to be... I'm trying to plan this around your plans mm. your your hiatus in may but we'll be back are we gonna be back next week yeah i think we'll be back next week for uh 
for at least a brief one, an update on the Prem de la Prem Bowl, uh, either a post-mortem or a mm-hmm. preview. And we will be back for sure by the end of the season. We will do a Match Week 38 red zone. And we will also, fingers crossed, be previewing a never-before-occurred Prem de la Prem Bowl in the Europa League final. Um, have you seen, oh, Patrick, have you seen the take going around that the Europa League is going to be more widely watched than the Champions League final if that happens? It probably will be. It's such it a homer, it's such a homer United Arsenal take, but I, I've been, I've been seeing it make the rounds on Twitter and I love it. I think, um, the finals think in we, Gdansk. I think, <laughs> I think, um. Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely storylines in the Champions League. I think Chelsea brings a huge amount of fans, uh, Real Madrid as well. Uh, but yeah, I think there's, I don't know, man, I, there's something special about that that United Arsenal rivalry, mm-hmm. you know, and to have it all to play for uh, redemption. Last time we got a crack at a rival in the Europa League final, we shot the bed. So, lot to play for, <laughs> lot to play for. I hope, yeah. I hope, I hope they pull it off. I, I think you even hope that that, that that that's the matchup. I don't think you really want. I mean, not that you, you'd welcome. Uh, Villarreal, but or Valencia, whatever, whoever it is, just ultimate disrespect I, over here. I trust us with either, um, but for the content, I, I want it to be Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the best case all around, guys. We're looking forward to it. We are hurtling towards the end of the season. I hope, based on the evidence we have presented to you, you are back all in on things that can still happen in the Premier League. There is a lot to play for, folks, and we will see you next week to talk about how it all panned out. Patrick, thank you so much for being you. Everyone appreciates it, and we appreciate you fans. We'll see you on the flippy-flop. What's up, Prem heads? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts at Prem de la Prem, a Premier League podcast, and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem de la Prem podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life.